0: Can one experience change your life? We believe the unlimited potential of consciousness has been untaught and untapped. Together, we can change that. The LightNet community was born as a citizen science discovery lab. Can our collective curiosity help us see the world in a whole new light? My name is Zenka Caro. I'm from LightNet, where we help you experience the extraordinary. I'm here today with George Nori for The Unlimited Show. We interview people that really expand our consciousness. George, welcome to the show. It's great to
1: be here. <laughs> A packed Conscious Life Expo event. I huh?
0: know, I know. People were lining up outside to get in your talk, and you could barely get out of there with all the, the selfies. They're still looking for me. I know, I know. We snuck out the back way. You so, captured me. I wanted to ask you a question that I've been pondering a while. You know, some people say that in the middle of the night, there's less people thinking and less going on, and we can open our minds a little bit bigger to new ideas. What do you think about that?
1: Our research has shown us that one-third of the population is awake at night, working, eating, driving, whatever they're doing, A third of the population is open at night, and that's a huge audience. We have well over three million listeners every night, and these are people who are truck drivers, people in prison, people in bed, people all over the place, people working late night shifts. It just runs the gamut, but it's a huge audience. They're out there, and don't let anybody tell you the American public is asleep at night because a third of them aren't.
0: (laughs) That's right, that's amazing. So, you know, you often, you know, uh, you woke up at three, you know, three in the morning today. What, what, I mean, you went to bed at three in the morning. What actually, okay. If I
1: wake up at three in the morning, I miss my (laughs) show.
0: Yeah, right, right. So what I was going to say is that when you're up all hours of the night, what is it that makes you get up in the morning? What is that thing that drives you, that pulls you out of the bed, that makes it a great day for you? I,
1: I actually don't get a lot of sleep. I mean, let's, let's talk about me being on the West Coast. I get off the air at two o'clock in the morning. I'll get home about three. I'll get to sleep about 3.30. I'll wake up about seven, and I start my day. It's ready to go. My breakfast consists of berries and fruit and a little bit of that. I don't eat a lot. And uh, then I start prepping the program for the night whatever it is, pre-prep I call it, little things, just, you know, who's my guest, what can I do that's different, and then I get my material at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon from my producers, specifics about the guest, the book he wrote, like Alan's books and stuff like that, and then, then, then I do some more homework, but it's, it's constant, it doesn't stop
0: yeah and that drive what do you think drives you like is it your curiosity is it the dialogues that you're creating
1: it's seeking the truth I want answers to questions I've asked myself since I was 11 years old when my mother brought me home a book called we are not alone by Walter Sullivan who was a New York Times science writer about life out in space Who, who would imagine that but a little boy reading that book going oh my god there's extraterrestrials. And it was at that age I decided to go into broadcasting so I could uncover the mysteries. I figured this is how smart I was as a kid, much smarter than as I am now. People will talk to a broadcaster about their experiences than they would some person on the street. And so I said, I'm going into broadcasting to unravel these stories, and I haven't stopped.
0: Wow you were in traditional broadcasting and then you When when you were like started to say I'm doing my own show I've got to do it my way
1: started off doing uh, television when I was 19 years old as a production assistant for an ABC station in Detroit at 21 I became a radio reporter at a big station in Detroit one of my first interviews was with the late Stanton Friedman who is the father of ufology I mean he was one of the best and I just kept doing it but you know, mainstream media, of course, always pushed your career. They didn't want to hear about UFOs and Bigfoot and after-death experiences and things like that. They wanted the tonight's fire, something like that. So I did a lot of that, always thinking, I want to do this. I want to do these extraordinary stories. And I slowly ended up doing that.
0: That's great. Do you remember that moment where you decided, you said, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. I have to break into my own, my own career, my well, own Well, I was never
1: done with it. But again, at 11 years old, that's when I wanted to become a broadcaster. I became one officially at 21 years old as a radio reporter. And then I just evolved, and it just kept going and going. It was back in 1996. I was doing a local show in St. Louis called The Nighthawk, where I did all the types of guests that was on coast to coast with Art Bell. And so when the time came that Art was ready to call it quits and retire, the network had heard about me. They said, you're the guy. Because I had been doing programs for them, filling in and stuff like that.
0: So have you ever spoken to someone in the afterlife?
1: I have a lot of friends and family members who have died and I have not had one episode of visitation or communicating with them or dreams. I don't know why. Maybe I'm blocked it. Maybe I don't want to deep inside and I don't know about it. But no, I have not had any experiences with somebody who's passed on.
0: Well, where do you see the whole unraveling of the UFO uh, story right now? We've got. 90 percent of the population believing that the government's not telling truth. It's like all sort of coming out, but how do you, what would, if you could have a magic wand, what would the next three years look like in terms of UFOs, extraterrestrials? If you could, if you could have your own way, what would you dream would happen?
1: If I could have my own way, if I had that magic wand, I would hope for full disclosure. I would like the government to say, we've been visited since the beginning of time, You may have been seated by extraterrestrials. We may have been created by them. Yes, there's a God, but they jump-started things here. But I think I would like full disclosure. I'd like honesty from government. Edgar Mitchell was a friend of mine, the late Apollo 14 astronaut, told me directly, we are being visited by extraterrestrials. And he said, George, I've never seen one, but I'm told by people in government it's happening. And why would an Apollo 14 astronaut make a, make that up I believed him
0: yeah he's done an incredible legacy running um, ions which has been you know the scientists yep. of my heroes you know we're a citizen science group so we're we're not at the academic you know super level but're we're, we're you know encouraging those people like you said the truck drivers the people working the people who are retired to actually start experimenting with this and making contact or talking to someone on the other side, I actually believe that we're going to enter an open contact phase. We've got an embassy for ETs, so let's throw ourselves into the future again with this question. If, if you were sitting down with an ET and interviewing them, what would you ask them?
1: My first question, yeah. do they believe in God? I want to know their answer. I think that answer would be yes. But that's what I'd want to know. And from then on, I'd talk to them about life. How do they get here? What's their propulsion system like? Do they time travel? And we'd get into all those things. Do they cry? Do they laugh? Do they die? Many questions.
0: Those are great questions. <laughs> and of course, you would have them, because that's, that's what you do. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've already turned my brain into those questions, too. How beautiful. So what do you, what effect do you think you've had on the world during your lifetime?
1: Just an absolutely profound effect. I don't know, I don't know. People listen to our show for a number of reasons. Entertainment, knowledge, fun, just because they want something to do. But uh, it's a great program and I would like to say, and I would like my epitaph to read on my tombstone. He gave us the answers, he sought the truth that's what i wanted to say
0: well you've certainly done that and you've left such a massive legacy and your curiosity like you said to from a boy you know all the way through the years is just keeping up with it and 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 you know day in and day out it's just it's incredible and
1: we're not done we're not done we've got miles to go
0: do you see any change in the way things have been going with 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 truth and things like that? Are you noticing
1: a Well, a a couple things. The, The media is becoming more acceptable to these stories where years ago maybe our program might have been one of the only things dealing with these subjects. They seem to be jumping on board a little bit more and we're also getting more interest from government which is very unusual and strange but it's coming out. They haven't quite said unidentified flying objects are extraterrestrial but they call them unidentified aerial phenomena. They simply say, we don't know. But that's unacceptable to me. I want answers. What do you mean, we don't know? If you don't know, then it's coming from some other source. Is it Russia? Is it Chinese? I doubt it. It's coming from
0: up there. So the question I have for you is, you know, So obviously the government's been doing a lot of research, communication, contact, discussion with ETs, and so have everyday people. Sure. Um, So is there any difference between, are we at an uneven playing field with someone funded like the government? Or like, do you need special gear or anything? Like, can we do the disclosure ourselves? And if so, why haven't we or what do we need in order to to pull the truth out? Right?
1: We, we as the media?
0: We as people?
1: Well we're doing as much as we can. We're interviewing abductees, we're doing interviews with people who have witnessed strange lights and different things like that. We've talked to pilots who have seen strange things. We're doing a lot. What we need is something official from government that might have an object, may have a crashed vehicle, might have dead aliens. We need that to come forward. And people would simply say, I knew it. I think people are ready for it.
0: I think they're ready for it too. So would, why don't you think, is the government not wanting to say the whole thing and so if they say a little bit, they have to, what's the holdup?
1: I think they're not sure how we would react. Again, I'm convinced we would be very acceptable to all of this because we have talked about it for years but I think the government is concerned they would lose control. Religions might lose control. We might want free energy. There's, there's a lot of reasons why they're not coming out telling us that we're being visited.
0: Yeah. I like that you've tied the religion in, you know, as an and and a both, because I think that that, it would be disappointing if it's upsetting to people uh, and and yeah so what are your thoughts about that so if if you were to answer your own question about whether et's also believe in god or have that connection what how do you think it works
1: the catholic church has come out and said your belief in et's does not mean that you don't believe in god Mm -hmm. they basically have accepted the fact that there could be extraterrestrial life out there heck they own several observatories on this planet what are they looking for who knows But uh, that answer of what is God, why are we here, I think permeates in every kind of civilization or culture in this universe. And I think we're probably all looking for the same answer. If I can go back to that movie Contact with Jodie Foster where the extraterrestrial was talking to her, that they're all looking for the same thing. Why are we here? How did we get here? What is God? Everybody wants the same answer.
0: Yeah that's true. Uh, It'd be interesting to start to share our knowledge and start to find a way to come into an understanding with our collective experience because when we have some of the data in the government and you know the citizen data is not well organized like there you know it'll be great when we reach a time where we can look at all the information open and everyone can make their own decision about it.
1: The day will come mark my word where what you just said will happen, and it'll be a glorious day on this planet. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you, you know, there's all this discussion about dimensionality and things like that. Are they? Is is your opinion that they're pushing through a dimension that we can't see, or that they're actually now that we all we want it we all want experience? You know, everybody watched Star Trek and think the collective really wants this right. reality. So they're obviously coming into the 3D because we can see all the ships, but do you think that they... But they
1: also disappear quickly yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. I'd like to believe they're coming from other planetary systems in our universe because I don't think we're alone, but it's also very possible they're coming from parallel universes, other dimensions. Jacques Vallée has talked about that in, in his work. It's very possible. They're coming from all over the place.
0: Yeah, that's really, you know, we've really had to expand our minds in the last couple. Yes. You know, like, oh, parallel dimensions, time travel, wow, (laughs) you know. What do you think about time travel?
1: Possible, one day, not yet, not yet. I had a guest on the program a few days ago who believes that we can go back into the past, not the future. He said, who wants to go to the future? It may not even be there, but they want to go in the past and control things a little bit. But time travel may be possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. The
1: right technology.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was there ever a point in your career where, I mean, I'm always encouraging the people who are themselves, who, you know, and it's not always easy to be yourself in a society with families and workers and, you know, different confines that we put yourself, you've stepped out of that so freely and you've encouraged people to be themselves and speak their mind and ask the questions. Was it ever hard for you to, to deal with these taboo sex- discussions before you know, you were one of the first people who were really putting it out there?
1: No, it really wasn't. Uh, at a young age, I was encouraged by my parents to speak before the public, to tell jokes before the family. They would haul me out in front of 50 people and I'd do my little skits and stuff like that. At six years old, seven years old, I got used to it. Now I thrive on it. Now when we do live stage show events, I just love walking out, looking at the audience, seeing the face. I don't get nervous. It doesn't concern me. I think that's my mission, and I just keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with us today um, before we close the news? Well, I'll
1: tell you one story of a call I got from a lady who claimed that her husband, who never came home late, was abducted by aliens. And I said, well, why do you say that? And She said, well, he came home one day nervous and sweaty and said he was abducted by aliens. And I said, and you believe him? And she said, absolutely. And you know what else, George? You know what else they did to him? And I'm thinking, oh my God, what? She said, they took his wedding ring off his finger. The poor guy came home without his ring on and made up a nice story about being abducted. We get those once in a while.
0: Yeah, Um, what are the most chilling things that people have shared with you that, I mean, like you said, they, they almost confide in you because they might not be able to tell their neighbor or their even their spouse.
1: We get a lot of after death and afterlife stories. Uh, there was a truck driver who called me one day and he said he was driving on a windy cliff type road all over the place and it was nighttime and he was dozing off and he said, George, one bad move and you're over the cliff. And he said, that was happening to me. I dozed off, I woke up, and I was headed to go right over the cliff. All of a sudden, a hand reaches my steering wheel and turns me back onto the road. And I just woke up, and it saved my life. But there was nobody else in the cab. He had an angel in that cab who saved his life.
0: That happened to me.
1: Yeah. And you'll never forget it
0: you, yeah in Los Angeles in the 405 I will never forget it I was like wow
1: I pity you on the 405 <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a card that I used to love seeing that said I would drive the 405 to the nine to the 5 to the 10 for you, you know I, mean? because, yeah. I had to drive
1: on the 405 to get here from our studio last night and it was a Friday night into Saturday morning, and I'm going, my God, look at all the cars at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's crazy.
0: They were listening to your show. Ms.
1: They were like all, said, on, all honking. There he is. <laughs> there he is driving right by me.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Well, thanks again for all you're doing in the world, George. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you today and share your story. Uh, it's remarkable. And to all you guys listening out there... Listen to those inner cravings that you had as a child when you're six and eleven. Those often lead you into your passion and look at what's possible when day in and day out you show up for yourself in your own personality, with your own curiosity, a legacy as huge as George Norrie. Uh, We're grateful to you in this country, in this entire world, all over the world, people are listening to you and engaging with you and having conversations with you thanks for bringing dialogue to media thanks for bringing the questions to media we love you george thanks for what you're doing is there any final closing words that you have to tell people
1: simply this thank you stay healthy and keep our fingers crossed for the future of this planet
0: thank you so much george